Hey, Mad Lab Nation, how you doing? Rainmaker 2-1 podcast with Greg Mack. Hope you guys are doing great. Had a super weekend um, and all ready for this week and what we got to do to meet our goals and get a little closer to um, setting up the career we want uh, as exercise professionals in our community. And uh, we've taken the Rainmaker 2-1. If you haven't, um, hope you get on board with that here real quick because uh, we certainly believe that it'll help you with your practice and building the kind of uh, business uh, that you want to have and wake up to and work uh, every day at. So wanted to review with you uh, setting up the rules for the face-to-face meeting, as well as uh, when you end the first contact, if that happens to be on the phone, which I encourage, as you know, is even if someone contacts you um, via text or email or on the internet or however that goes, that uh, you move that conversation to a phone conversation so you can include the vocal tonality and inflection and all the information that can come through um, uh, in addition to the words that come with vocal quality and vocal tone uh, to help you and the uh, prospect uh, suspect make the next decision, which is to meet for a face-to-face consultation, uh, which is when you spend a hour maybe or more of your quality time, which you can't get back, uh, which is why it's so important to qualify people for that time. Um, So it goes well for both of you and a clean decision is being made at the end, yes or no, on the very next step. And so uh, one of the key things uh, when you end the first contact and you set up the face-to-face is to, you know, set the ground rules for the meeting. Um, And when you get into the face-to-face after the first step of making the connection and bonding and creating rapport and matching and mirroring and all the tactics and strategies um, I'm encouraging you to start to use to start to build trust uh, so that information is clearly communicated and honestly communicated back and forth between you and your prospect uh, so a fully informed decision can be made uh, is, again, setting these rules, what uh, Sandler Institute calls um, making contracts and it's important uh, because we set the rules for the meeting um, for a couple of key reasons, actually several. Uh, one is, you know, to make sure that permission, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, is is authorized, is granted that the person that you're talking to gives you permission to conduct the meeting under these rules. Because if they don't give their permission, uh, then they can withdraw at any time. Um, without uh, without argument or complaint. Uh, we also want to help the prospect relax because when people know what the rules of the game are, uh, they don't think of any surprises and it reduces uncertainty. And so they can relax. Um, uh, contracts and rules are set up uh, to avoid cross transactions within transactional analysis. Uh, that's when um, someone invites a particular ego state into a conversation and another ego state pops up and you get sarcasm and cynicism and backbiting and things like that, that confuse the conversation. And so we want to avoid a cross transaction and uh, to flush out problems before they even begin is um, another important aspect of, of the setting the rules up. And what do we want to set up, right? What are the rules we want to set up? Uh, we want to set up duration of the meeting, right? There's nothing uh, worse than thinking you're going to meet for an hour with a a prospect, and then 15 minutes into it, they're looking at their watch or looking at their phone, 
and thinking that, you know, they got to go and wrap this up because they got to go pick up their kid, um, go to another meeting, um, see a doctor, go to the hairstylist, something else. And they thought they were just going to be able to come in here and kind of bum rush this whole thing and through expediency and satisficing, uh, get what they needed. And that's not fair to you or them because there's just no way you can do a proper interview and, and presentation and find out what you need to find out in 15 or 20 minutes. It's not, don't do it is what I would tell you. It's not worth it. Um, and so you got to both agree that the duration established is the duration that you both will stick around if, if you need to. Um, you want to make sure that you're talking to the, the decision makers and is there anyone else that's involved in supporting or helping make this decision, not just um, financially, which is important, uh, but making the decision uh, from a, a physical commitment, emotional and psychological commitment perspective. Uh, and so you want to make sure that uh, you're sitting in front of somebody uh, who can make a decision. And if there is other people that they're in the room with you. Uh, and so you, you'll hear me um, hammer this point home and hopefully on the phone when you set up this face-to-face -face meeting, uh, you, you've asked them if they're the decision maker solo or there needs to be someone else. And that it's clear that they need to bring that person because there's nothing that's going to waste your time faster than talking to someone who can't make a decision or won't make a decision or uses the, the, the old Trump card. I got to go talk to my so-and-so to get out of the sales transaction. Again, not fair to you or them. Um, we want to make sure that, uh, that they understand and that you both agree that a decision about moving to the next step or not a clear decision, yes or no, is going to be made and that we're going to remove. I want to think it over because I want to think it over as another trump card that consumers use to uh, wiggle out of sales pressure. And hopefully they don't feel sales pressure because if you conduct this uh, interview the way I'm encouraging you to do so, uh, they shouldn't feel a lot of pressure during the process. Um, so uh, we want to make sure that at the end, they agree in the beginning to say, I will tell you yes or no about the next step. Um, we want to make sure they have the ability to pay. Do they bring money with them, some form of, of payment? So that, that if they say yes, uh, you, you can get started today financially, credit cards, check, cash, whatever you guys decide to take in your particular business, uh, make sure they can do it. Uh, make sure that uh, another rule that we set up is clarifying the agenda making sure that they understand that they're allowed to ask questions and that their agenda is going to be honored and, and elicited and that you have an agenda as well and, and that you communicate your agenda, that you're going to ask them a lot of questions and that you need background information and what some of their future needs are so you can help make a critical decision as, from your perspective technically about um, them joining your service and being in a relationship with you. Um, you know, we, we have the, the release the biggest fear thing, which is for you, the sales professional, the decision professional here on this uh, on this side of the fence, where if you do have a real emotional fear about this whole conversation and transaction, uh, you're going to get that out here up front right now. If it's talking about money, if it's uh, presenting technical information about the features and benefits of what you do when the present your stuff step comes up, uh, whatever it might be, you're going to state that up front right now to let the air out of that balloon so that it doesn't cause a problem uh, later uh, for you as you start to get flustered about that. And most likely when you use the greatest fear uh, statement and ask for help about dealing with that, 
you know, the prospect's going to help you because um, people are usually trained by their parents to help other people. And that's good. Not everybody, um, but most people are going to say, yeah, sure, I'll help you with that. Like if your greatest fear is talking about money and you just turn red in the face and start to stammer and slobber all over yourself because money just, you know, wigs you out when you talk about it. And you're going to say that up front. You're going to say my biggest fear today, right, is that when we get to the money part and I start talking about money with you, I get nervous and jittery and I start to stammer. And I don't know why I'm just uncomfortable with the money part. So when we get to that part, hopefully you'll help me kind of struggle through that. If that's OK with you, is that OK? And see what they say. And, you know, they're probably going to say, calm down. It's OK. We're going to get through the money part. Uh, so the last one you definitely want to have. Uh, in your list of, of rules is no interruptions. Uh, nothing like, you know, being in a conversation with somebody and they got their cell phone out in front of them turned on and they're constantly glancing down at that thing, waiting for some phone call and or when the phone rings, they, they feel just compelled to answer it every single time, no matter what. Uh, that can't happen in this meeting. And so you've got to remove interruptions and tell them there's no reason to be interrupted, is there? Um, and they got to put their cell phone away and you're going to put your cell phone away and, and you're going to focus on each other um, during this meeting to make sure that trust and, and communication is established at the highest possible level. Uh, if they do tell you that they're expecting a phone call or to be interrupted, uh, then I would tell you to cancel the meeting today and reschedule it so that there is no interruptions. And, and they might fight you a little bit on this because they're there in front of you. Just tell them, you know, that's fine. You understand. But um, really, you know, we, we can't have the interruptions and it's just the worst thing ever, right? You're 15 minutes into a conversation and they answer the phone and they're talking for 10 minutes while you're sitting there looking at them. Can't happen. Can't happen. Don't let that happen. Uh, and so uh, really the ego state, again, from the transactional analytical model of trying to understand these, these conversations and, and interviews um, is we're trying to invite the critical parent in to get approval um, for doing all of this stuff. And so, so uh, that's what we're trying to do. We need the critical parent who's there to protect and provide security for the child ego state uh, to, to say, okay, uh, this is okay. You can continue talking um, and find out more so that they're not sitting there the entire time in their head thinking, I don't want to be here. I didn't want to say that. I don't want to do this. Uh, that's not cool. Um, for them or you. And so, you know, why is it necessary to set up set up rules, set up contracts, right? We talked about the previous ideas, but when you look at contracts uh, and rules, really they're, they're based on four fundamental things, right? Mutual competency that, that both parties or all parties involved are, are financially and psychologically and emotionally uh, competent uh, to be able to make uh, a decision in the context of of this particular situation. There's, there's consideration. There has to be some kind of money, chickens, gas cards, eggs, um, wood. I, I don't know, whatever it is you're willing to take, you know, in, in kind for your services. Uh, there's got to be some, some uh, equal value there traded. Uh, it's got to be legal. It's got to be a legal product or service. We're not talking about selling and marketing illegal things here. And of course, mutual consent. Both parties can consent out loud and on paper uh, to whatever decisions being made. So 
Um, that was just a quick review of why we set up the rules, the second step in the face-to-face. -face. Uh, it's, it comes up at the end of the first contact when you're solidifying the appointment for the face-to-face. -face. You're going to state these rules uh, to make sure that um, we decrease the probability of you getting blown off um, and you getting uh, the old trump card thrown out at you that, that they got to think about it or they got to talk to somebody else. Um, or, or they didn't bring any money or whatever it is that consumers often will do uh, to get out of making a solid decision uh, either way. So hopefully that helps you and uh, enjoy the rest of the week and go out and meet some humans. Hey, uh, they need you. You know, thanks for listening. If, uh, if you like what you heard in that last podcast, uh, you know, maybe you're ready for the take the next step. Um, so, you know, if you really you want to, create a great life in the gym, like I'll be straight with you. There's kind of like two ways to run a gym. One is you're going to be hiring and firing coaches. You're going to be churning through clients and that's the, the fitness that's out there in the world. Uh, it's not very rewarding. Uh, and to, to make any kind of money at it, it's a, it's a constant struggle against marketing. Um, if you like what you hear on the way we're doing it, it's creating long-term sustainable communities where everybody in them has a good life. The clients stick around, the coaches stick around, you know, it's, it's just a, I think it's just a better way to do things. So if you're ready to take that step, uh, I would say check out the free training, right? It's uh, freetraining.madlabgroup.com. That's freetraining.madlabgroup.com. And in that is sort of like my little Magnus Opus that I made, um, it's, uh, you know, what is a great gym? So it defines the client development process, the coach development process, and the owner development process. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's never been done in our industry and uh, other than our group. And, uh, you know, we got a looming healthcare crisis coming smackly dab at us. It needs professional coaches and professional gyms to, to address that. So if, uh, if you like what you heard, sign up for the free training and, uh, you know, we can teach you step-by-step -step, uh, how to build a great gym. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.